You're listening to The Full Broadside. to another edition of the Full Broadside. With me today, first and foremost, I am Cyberjock. With me, KJ Mando, Mr. Sock. We are missing our Nimitz and we are missing our Nightmare today, but that's all right. We're going to work through it and uh, unleash a, a new segment uh, in, in, in lieu of our other one that has been gone and has reached its untimely end, uh, the weekly... Uh, what the heck did we call it? Weekly grind. There it is. I've already forgotten it. It's already out of my head. So, yeah. So there it goes. It's gone. Yeah. Anything may bring back if they put another line in. So you never know. This is true. This is true. All right. Anyway, that we're going to release the Karen or release the Kraken on on the weekly grind. Yeah, release the Karen. Yeah, I like that one. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. How's it going, guys? Uh, I haven't uh, talked to you guys a whole bunch the last couple of days, but I uh, figured I'd check in and see uh, see how everybody's how everybody's been doing and and how our things are going. Doing great on my end. I just hit a milestone in game. Uh, I hit the ten thousand battle mark, and so I don't know if that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> this is this is where I'll have to hit the cheer. I'll have to find a cheers or something to, to plug in there. Yeah, I don't know whether to applaud or to cry. Um, and there was much rejoicing. Yay. Right? Yeah. Mando, um, how many more games is it going to take before you're a super unicum? Probably another 10,000 more. I, <laughs> <laughs> although I did check and my stats are on the rise. My, uh, I finally um, got back my 50% win rate and I'm creeping up on 51. So uh, I'm doing something right. I, you wow. know, obviously after, after 10,000 battles, you'd think I got this game figured out yet, but, but I don't know. We'll see. Well, the problem is they keep changing things. If, if it was the same game when you started, it would you'd probably be 60%, but they keep changing things. So you've got to constantly adjust. Well, yeah, that's right. true. I, I know. So I participated in the leprechaun uh, campaign. I was one of the leprechauns that everybody loved to hate to shoot at. Um, I was leprechaun 228. And it's interesting because they give you a press account and you have fun with the press account. And I played just about 60 battles on my press account. And I had a really good, uh, impressive 63% win rate and i you know but then i go back to my regular count and just potato it out so um i don't know we'll we'll figure it out well yeah like my global win rate is just under 51 and a half percent um whereas my recent win rate over the last month which is like 100 and 120 battles or so i think is about 62 right well and what's funny is it's really hard for somebody with that many games, it becomes to very alter. difficult to influence yeah, your stats. Exactly, that exactly. That's what I was going to say because um, you know I, I have a alternate account that that I, I played a couple of games in the other day, and I was looking at it and going, "Oh my god, what the heck!" I was I started it. It was like I think he's only got 150 games total, or somewhere near that ballpark, and it was like a 43 percent. I haven't played it in years. Well. I fired it up. I ended up getting one win and 43% jumped to like 45%. I'm like, Oh, this is great. I get two or three wins. I'm going to be at 60% in no time. This is great. But then I was like, well, I can't do that on my main account. So, I mean, there is something to be said that, you know, that you create a new account and and crank up your stats. (laughs) And speaking of that, a little bit of a PSA here, there is a way to reset your account. Really? You, I mean, you send a ticket into Wargaming, something that you request, and what happens is you you lose all your tech tree ships, um, and you lose... What else do you lose? I think you lose um, all of your credits, but you keep all your free XP, you keep all your flags and camos, you keep all your gold, 
Uh, I think you keep all your coal and steel as well. And I'm sure you keep all your, your premium ships too, right? And I think you keep all your premium ships. You basically, you keep everything that you paid money for. Hmm. I would totally... But you lose all your tech tree ships, and but you get, to, you get a clean slate on stats, but you lose all your tech tree ships. See, I would totally entertain that because I do research bureau anyway, so I'm always constantly resetting a line. Yep. Um, but don't wonder, um, so, don't quote me on exactly what you lose. You'd have to look it up. No, no, no. Of course not. But okay, so here's a thought. Here's a thought to throw out there. What if you waited until double research points? Well, no, that wouldn't work. No. Nope. Yeah, because you'd you'd lose well, access to the research bureau because you wouldn't have five. Yeah, you would lose access access to the line. Ooh, but what if you suck. did research bureau reset it and then reset your account and then log back in and then you would have the the double? I don't know. Just I don't, I don't know. What do you what do you listeners think? Let us know. Email the show if you got an answer and uh, and and clue us in. Personally, it's not something that. I'll ever do. Um, my, I'm happy with where my stats are and they're they're trending up. Yeah, um, personally, you know, I think in a couple yeah. of years I can get myself up a color or two. Yeah, and it really doesn't bother I, me that much if I'm if I'm a thirty eight percent or a fifty six. It it makes no difference to me. I'm still gonna play the game, have fun with my buds. The the stats mean nothing to me. Yeah, well, I know my luck would be is I would reset it, and get even worse the next time. <laughs> yeah, there is that possibility I know, too, right? <laughs> like lately, um, I've been trying to leaderboard my Stalingrad, and I'm very close. Um. I need 30 more games to get it up to the 80, which will get you there. As of right now, I am number 107 in North America by PR. Nice. Wow, that's all out right. of out of like 3,000 Stalingrad players. Jeez. Wow, that's pretty good. I mean, considering the entrance fee to the Stalingrad is, you know, steel. Yeah, it's one of the hardest ships in the game to leaderboard because of that, because it's everybody who plays it for the most part is really good. I only need 20, 30 more PR to get into the top hundred. You know, earlier today I had three, three, 200,000 damage games in a row. Wow. Now, is that something that gets, tracked on i mean of course they would track it on like wow stats and and all that it too, doesn't right? try you, you can't see like individual game stats but you can see your recents i know i go through the the wow so like my recent win rate in stalingrad is like 70 percent over the last 25 games or so yeah snow dog is in chat he just put up the the na wow's numbers yep, that's, that's usually the, where i that's where the I site that's and where course, that's also where bismarck the bot uh gets all of her data from when you type yeah. my stats into a channel. So Except if you're listening you're and you jump in on our Discord, you can go to the stat spamming channel and then use our Bismarck bot and you can instantly, you know, uh, look those up. We won't even charge you money. <laughs> yeah. Doubloons are to be paid to uh, Mr. Underscore Sock. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, anyway, I, I was going to ask a question and, and, you know, there's there's some stuff that I wanted to cover today. You know, dev blogs and that, that kind of stuff. Um, but there was there was something that that came up the last couple of days that I wanted to save for the show. And you guys are are the guys I want to hear from and try to talk me out of this. But but the idea was I, I got in a in my Massachusetts. I bought it not long ago because I knew it was going away. And I'm like, all right, well, I haven't haven't played it and and. I had to had to buy it just in case it was like the Missouri and they take it away and then I'd forever regret it. Well, I, I purchased it and I've had a handful of games in it and I got to tell you, I don't like it. I hate the thing and I'm leaning towards selling it for the 11.5 million. But some of the other guys in, in the, in the clan the other day when we were playing, we're like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And I'm like, you know what? I'll bring it onto the show and see what you guys think. I know everybody who plays it loves the ship. Maybe I'm just out there and just don't like it. Maybe it's my uh, my aversion to the American tree. I don't know what it is, but I just can't get that thing to perform, and I end up just just hating the ship. So, so talk me out of it, because that 11.5 would go a long way to buying something I like. Well, uh, to put to put it frankly, selling a premium ship is the stupidest idea possible um, in this game. Just period. 
because uh, there's a good chance you'll end up getting it again in a crate. And just by having it in your port, even if you don't like it, well, you won't get it again. And you'll, if it drops on that, it'll roll again, and you'll get it, you'll get another ship. Um, yeah, but the odds exactly of that credits you get yeah. from. Yeah, and Mando told me that the other night. And you know what? I, I've sold premiums before. It's not something that really bothers me to do so. I don't usually get them by way of drops anyway. So if I get it, well, I can sell it again and make that much more money off of it. No big deal. You know, I mean, premium versus tech tree really doesn't make much difference to me. I want to play and have fun. And if I'm not having fun in it, what's the point in having it? So look at it as a challenge then um, as far as don't look at it like how bad the ship sucks, quote unquote, air quotes, whatever. Look at it like how can I make the play style better? So that being said, like what is your play style? Because the Massachusetts really sits it. It's it's like its own special little niche. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's got a very specific play style. Also bear in mind that you picked it up on the downslide of a huge secondary nerf. And yeah. right now... That's another, that's another good point Shep just put in the in the chat is uh, it's extra steel, coal, etc. on the anniversary, Chris, on the snowflakes. True. Yeah, good point, Shep. Um, but it, secondaries took a big hit on the Captain respec, And of course, we all know that... Wargaming and their infinite wisdom can up and change that at you know any given time or or change the stats around and so yeah secondaries I, were kind of Massachusetts's thing that was that was his, that was the selling point race. that was the selling point is like now you have a brawling American battleship but nowadays um, I don't play Massachusetts that often I I prefer to play Ohio since it's a tier ten but they're similar in in design philosophy. They were both really strong secondary ships. You can still get away with a secondary build on Massachusetts, but a full, a proper tank build is much stronger. Um, with that being said, it's not necessarily as fun as it used to be, but it's just as strong. Uh, the main problem with that is, with the tank build, is the way the rest of the people play. It can be difficult to get in really close with a battleship these days. Um and with a ship like Massachusetts, where your range is kind of mediocre to begin with, and you, uh, your dispersion is poor at best, uh, except at uh, extremely close range, or even medium range, it's fine. It can struggle a little bit, so it takes a little bit of um, creative, creative positioning to do well in these days. Now, but that's yeah. that's part of the ship, though. Is it's only got eighteen point three kilometer range. I, yeah. I have a mass. That, it, that is one of the things with it. And with the quick recharge heals, you can you can out brawl anything at your tier. Basically, if you lose a brawl to any other battleship of, of tier eight or lower in a Massachusetts, um, you, you did something wrong. Yeah, it wasn't the ship. I I know that the secondaries. So, like the the German um, battleship line has got buffed secondaries and I know that the Massachusetts shares kind of the same hidden baked in buff and even with the captain skill nerf they, they still kick out enough uh, damage to, to make a significant impact in the game um, and the so the question I had was I, I don't know if soccer KJ can answer this I know that part of the the gimmick I, I know we don't like to use the word gimmick but part of the uniqueness of the Massachusetts is with the shorter main gun battery range doesn't it have a larger dispersion area like they made it wonky on purpose Ooh, yeah uh, they did the yeah. dispersion is much poorer uh, just like how Alabama is poorer than North Carolina. Right, uh, so you don't have... Massachusetts is designed to get in close. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you don't have the atypical Iowa, you know, or Missouri grouping um, or even the Carolina grouping that you would, you know, with nice, nice tight, you know, tight dispersion patterns. So the massa, by nature of just the design or its uh, uniqueness that they put in the game is it, it kind of forces you to get in play. And I can... Totally understand with cyber. I'm gonna jump on the other side of the fence here and say it can get frustrating, especially with, um, you know, the the current you know quote unquote meta of of the sit back with the dead eye spec. 
um, can totally get frustrating because you, you tend to push up closer. And I'm finding this in my um, Italian battleship line, especially with the Marco Polo, which does not get the exhaust smoke. Um, and the, the Marco Polo has about the same range, I think, give or take one kilometer, but it's a shorter range. And trying to get up close to get with an, in, an infect, you, you know, um, effective main battery ranges, you are really just taking a beating to get close. And so, yeah, we're going to, of course, knee jerk and tell you, hey, don't sell it, don't get rid of it. But what I'm going to ask you to do is just hang on to it and and wait for the game mechanics to kind of change, I guess, because we all know that, that and this is public you know, knowledge, that the, the whole Deadeye thing is going to get reworked and kind of, I would wait, seriously wait and see until what happens with this whole because that may change a whole new play style in the game. That might throw everything off off center, I guess. The balance will not be real <laughs> when they redo the dead eye. Yeah, and, and even even with the, the nerfs to the secondaries, playing as a DD and you come across a Massachusetts, you still want to run and get away from it. It's just they still rip you to shreds. Oh, absolutely. If If I'm in a DD or a cruiser, you know, when I see a Massachusetts a Georgia, um, mm-hmm. a Palmer, any of those, even even with the, the you know, Captain Skill Respect put aside, even just the nature of those ships, I'm either trying to stay out of their main battery range or I'm trying to get and basically put distance between me and them because the secondary still hurt. They still sting and they'll take a chunk out of you over time. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So hold on to it for a while and, and let the game write itself, huh? Yeah. I, I would. I would hang on to it. If, if you're really hell-bent on, on selling it, which, I mean, we're not going to stop you, but um, I would be Just sad. I, I, I would shed a tear. <laughs> but a virtual tear. Um, I mean, but uh, I, I would definitely hang at least hang on to it. Do us a favor. Hang on to it until after they rework the dead eye and kind of see how the game play meta. I hate using the term meta, but it's the best way to describe it and see how the meta kind of shifts and changes towards battleship gameplay overall. All right. Well, maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll just hold on. I'll play a few more games and and ignore that ship for a while as it doesn't exist. And I'll just uh, play some other stuff, work up my my credits the other ways and uh, go from there and but uh, we'll see if, if things don't change after the dead eye. I'm going to yell at all of you. <laughs> well, think of it of this course. way. I, I, have, I have a port full of carriers that I never play. Well, so I, I know. I, I, yeah. I don't get rid of them because I know that the next time they have ships or boxes or crates or whatever, it, it ups my chance to get something else that I hadn't picked up yet. Because yeah, I've but the, you also have a problem that I don't have is you have 400 plus ships. And when it's time to, Hey, let's all go tier eights. It takes you 15 minutes to find a ship to play. I've Sometimes. got 30 <laughs> ships in my port and man, I've got eight or, or, or four tier eights. Boom. Now I can pick one of four and I'm ready to roll easy. Yeah. But yeah, but it also depends on what kind of mood I'm in. I'll play some destroyers. I'll play some cruisers. Or I'll play battle, but you know, it's, it's what it I'm is. slowly <laughs> catching up. I'm at 183 ships now. <laughs> God, getting there. God, you guys. Now, uh, a percentage of those are test ships. Um, I don't remember how many. So it's probably more like 170, <laughs> but still. Yeah, I'm sitting True. at 233, but, but nowhere near the KJ factor there. Yeah, that's, only, that's crazy. And unlike KJ, I at least... I at least put my my carriers in the water and get them wet once in a while. But, okay, speaking of having a lot of ships, do you guys find that, you know, I've got 170, 180 ships, but there's always that same five or ten that I always find myself coming back to? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Like the kind of things, like, for example, just with my tier tens, let me pull up my tier tens because I can never remember how many I have. Um like, why would I ever want to play Worcester when I have Nevsky available? Or right. why would I ever want to play um, uh, Montana? Imagine playing Montana uh, when I have Ohio available. Right. I mean, yeah, they offer their own uniquenesses, but <laughs> like, meh. Some of them just, well, like, well, okay. you know, 
Or, or so, an even better example, why would I ever want to play Moscow when I have the Stalingrad? Right. True. No, that's a valid point, but let me interject and throw this out there. Um, just the other night, we were all helping one of uh, the guys was division up with us. And we were doing like tier five, sixes, and sevens. And I had, I haven't, I've got the Leander in, in my port. I haven't touched that thing in, you know, probably a, a year of game time, like since I last ground through the tech tree. Um, so it's been forever and a day. But, and, and I'm like, you know, I'm going to jump in that Leander and, and give it a, and I had a great time with it. I forgot like how fun the ship was and even the not so good ones like the Devonshire I'll jump into it just so you know just so I can go back and and, and play it and and um but I don't know that's why I keep them around right and as I even have of, the Dallas I even keep the Dallas around even though I loathe that ship I still keep on <laughs> in I have Dallas port. in my port I don't think I do um I do not See, and that's another one. I was I was looking at the tech trees today, and I'm like, you know, I, I've got a couple of million to, to burn, and I'm thinking to myself, I could pick up another tier ship. And I was thinking, you know, I'd sold the Dallas a long time ago, but I always remember I have the Dallas uh, permanent camo that I got through some sort of a game scenario. And it's sharp. I'll, I will say it's pretty with that, that, that camo on it. And... Uh, I was thinking, you know, I can buy that ship and it'll look beautiful and I'll get out and play it and I'll hate it every time I take it out because it's so, it's like cardboard. I mean, you just get it wet and it sinks, but right. it's pretty. And I'm thinking, do I really want to work that line? It's an American line. I have terrible time with American ships. Do I really want to work all the way up to the Wooster? I mean, that's a island camper. I, I just don't do that. So I, I don't know. I may not. Right. And that's also the same reason why I, you know, we're talking about like what Sock was talking about, why would I play this ship or that ship? That's why I haven't made it all the way through ground, all the way through all the different lines because right. I have all the premiums for that. And how many times have you guys seen me when we jump in and play something that I'm in a tech tree ship? Right. Not often. Right. <laughs> because I enjoy playing the premium ones and it's not because they're better. I just, I enjoy playing them. So it's like lately, I've uh, been playing with a couple of guys, um, working their ways up and forcing myself to go back to the tech tree ships to work my, you know, to finish working my way up. You know? So it's, it's been a good thing, but, uh, you know, I'm having to, like I said, force myself to play the Mahan right. to get to the bed, play, um, instead of grabbing something else, play in the Kiev or the Ognevoy to finish going up that line. It, you know, it's, it's good because it forces, kind of forces me to do that, but, you know, I know it's just one of those first world problems, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> first world problem. <laughs> and like what Shep said too is like when they removed the legendary mods for tier ten. I mean, you you had to sink a lot of time in those tier tens to get those legendary modules. And now you, the only way you can get them is to research points. So. Why would I bother well, sinking all that time in on a tier ten if I've got a premium that does everything I want it to do and maybe maybe a little better? Right. Yeah. I I mean you still gotta sink time in. Even like for me, I do research bureau, so you're still gonna sink right. time in. Um one of the benefits of keeping those in the port is when if you do pursue the research bureau is when you reset the line with those ships in the port, you'll get compensated and your modules will, will save. I mean, there's there's a benefit for having those in your port, especially, so if I'm going to go back and, and go through the Royal Navy line again, like I mentioned the Leander, the Leander will get sold. I'll, I'll get the in-game credits for it. You know, the modules will get um, unloaded for free, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm going to go back and go through that line again anyway, and I have to, to you know, get back up to the Minotaur. Um, and then there's so always the situation of, say, or if a, a tournament or a clan battle or, or something comes around that's at that tier and that ship ends up being strong, you have it available with a captain and modules already set up. Exactly. Uh, uh, that's exactly what I was going to get to. You know, like I found, um, you know, ranked battles. Sometimes rank jumps down to like, you know, tier six or we'll do tier and, seven. Like, clan battle how garbage people's selections for ships this clan battle season have been. Yeah, right. I know for me personally, I have I have 19 tier 10s and I have like six tier 9s that I in my in my port that I you know have outfitted and am 
have captains for and I'm confident with. Mm-hmm. Well, moving on from there, I wanted to, to wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the big hunt. I, I, I do like that the they put in all these different uh, game modes and stuff, and some of them are a lot of fun, others are not so much. I've never really had a whole lot of uh, enjoyment out of these, but some of the guys I notice when we're dropping divs and uh, trying to sink drops and stuff, a lot of them are, are, are not in the randoms. They're doing this big hunt, and I figured I'd ask and see what you guys thought about it myself. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I could take it or leave it, but... See, uh, I know Snow from the from the uh, chat room says he uh, he really likes it too. So, what are your thoughts, guys? Uh, I mean, I could give or take on it. It's not my necessarily my cup of tea. Now, I have like some of the ones I've done done in the past on some of those, but this this one, which is the same as like the last one, it's uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd much rather do an operation, right? <laughs> Personally, I would much rather have us all get together and do an operation than, than the big hunt. It's I don't know. I don't I don't get. I, to me, it's not a, it's not that it's not enjoyable. It's just I just I just don't care for it. It's not my cup of tea. Well, you, you guys know, and this is this is purely just my take on it. I don't have any source for this. This is just Mando's take on this stuff. Is your your free play testing? game modes for wargaming right i mean you know i mean you are getting rewards and stuff but in in the past don't get me wrong in the past i really enjoyed space battles because that's yes. a genre i mean yeah i grew up with the you know the uh, what was that the star blazers anime mm-hmm. in the 70s as a kid and so mm-hmm. it really appealed to me and the perma camos that you can get out of that some of the the space are really sharp right. um but this big hunt stuff i it, i mean unless you're gonna go for a perma camo to me, there's there's just yeah, I'm just kind of meh on it as well. I mean, I dabbled in it, I played it, and to be honest, after about ten battles, I got so bored with it that I went back to grinding research bureau. <laughs> I'd yeah, rather I grind research uh, bureau. I haven't played it. I don't really intend on playing it. For me, just grinding bots that the only reason they can kill you is because they have uh, more health than you is just doesn't really seem fun. No, I mean. You know, and yeah, I did like the the space battles. I mean, I enjoyed those. Those were those were fun. Some of the other ones that they did, where you basically everybody was running around on destroyers with five hundred mile an hour torpedoes trying to torpedo each other. That one was kind yeah. of fun. Um, but like I said, for me, the big hunt just doesn't. I mean, I, I'm glad people enjoy it. It's it's great, but uh, it, I just don't. I don't know. It just doesn't like it. Just doesn't really appeal to me. I mean, the the camos that you get for it are they are they anything more special bonuses or anything that you get from a regular premium type camo? No, I mean, it looks I want to say it's it's the typical um, like your tier nine is what like right. minus twenty percent cost and fifty percent x. I mean, you get the standard right. bonuses. It's just right. a different artwork that's on there. Yeah, like I said, you're not getting anything super special for it. You know, you're not like getting like an extra like 200% XP or anything like that for it. It's the standard standard stuff. So most of my yeah, ships I have, I've got permanent camos for them anyway. So I'm fine. So I'm I'm looking in the uh, the chat box. Everybody's chatting away, and there's some of our our listeners are bringing up a good point. Like uh, it's low pressure. Um, so whatever you do in Big hunt is not going to affect your your PR score or if you're you know worried about your win rate or whatever. So it's kind of a no or a low pressure, um, you know, fun atmosphere. I guess. I mean, those are all very valid yeah. points. Right, but I mean, like for me, and I know a lot of a lot of the other guys too. Maybe I mean, uh, we don't. I don't know. Like for me personally, I just don't have a whole lot of time to sink into. Okay, if I'm up here playing for a couple hours, do I spend an hour playing big hunt? Or do I spend my couple hours working and trying to get rid of the get the dailies and the combat missions and all that other stuff done that I prefer to get done more than I do the big hunt? Yeah, I'm I'm in the same boat as you, KJ. Oftentimes, you know, uh, I mean, we, we, well, for the most of us, not all of us, for the most of us have got lives and family <laughs> and stuff outside of work and war games. Although, I, I you know, one would question with me over 10,000 10, battles. <laughs> but, hey, I'm not far behind. Yeah, you know, 9,600, 9, so. <laughs> 
so one would think that I had nothing else better to do, but no, you, you're, you're absolutely right. I, I think on the priority of do I spend time working on my current tech tree grind or do I spend time on research bureau or big hunt? Yeah, it's kind of, it just doesn't rank as high on my priority chart. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Just kind of, you know, meh, I guess is my response to it. Yeah. That was my biggest thing. You know, I, for me, when I'm playing something like that, I get in there, I do do all right, I play it, and I go, okay, it's it's okay. It's kind of a futuristic. I prefer the more, you know, the historical style ship play where you're out there, you're doing your thing, you're working together, and you know, there's there's ships that existed, and this 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 space stuff is it's okay. But the the one that I did try, I gave it an honest shot, and I got in, and I don't even remember what ship I was in, but I'm cruising along. And I've got guys that are throwing invites here and there, and okay, I join a division, and we're working together. Then suddenly, there's a bunch of enemies. I have no more division, because either I'm kicked, or they all jumped into a different division, and now I'm getting decimated by the guys that was helping me. And yeah, I'm like, what, what, what is that? To me, I'm like, that, that's no fun. To me, that, that's, you know, it's a team working together to c- complete a common goal. That, that's great, but I just... I just don't like it. It that was the only game that I, I I gave a shot to, and it turned out that's the way it was. And I said, you know what, screw it. I'm not playing it again, and I haven't. So, right. And like the guys are bringing up, I mean, yes, they can get a lot of things in XP and and free commander XP and stuff like that. You know, pretty quickly. But you know, yeah. The one thing great. that I the one thing that they have added that I've that I've liked so far, and I don't know if too many people have even noticed this. But there is a little bonus for divisions with your clan mates. Uh, that, mm-hmm. that I don't know if it's under naval battles yeah, or if it's underneath. I saw, that. I saw that too, and I was really liking that. So, I mean, it, it benefits you to be in a clan divvying up with friends from that same clan because now you're getting right. extra stuff. So yeah, that I really, really like to see. Yeah, it's the division stars that you could see. Yeah, the, that's what it was, yeah. yep. It's under the clan tab. Yeah, and when, unfortunately that... Uh, like all the ones that I have left to do are some of the guys that aren't in very often to div up or play with because oh. it's it's only because it, it knocks off like they'll you'll have a list of like say twenty people or whatever and then as soon as you start diving up and you play play a few few games with them or you continue to div up with them it's fine but once you break out of the division with them you don't get the bonuses for diving up with them again because they're not you don't get the star you don't earn stars unless they're on that list. So if you're listening and you're clanless, come check us out. Come join the clan. Even more <laughs> benefits to uh, sign up with a good clan, you know? Right. Yeah. Or or any clan, actually. doesn't even have to be good. Yeah, but, or, but if you want yeah. good fulfillment and, and a good fun time, a good clan is what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> with that, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right, we are back, and I think this is good a time as any to get into the dev notes. Um, 10.3 is on the way, and uh, I think the first one I wanted to cover is some new ships are coming. And uh, we've got an American battleship constellation at Tier 8. Uh, yeah, it's an American ship. I don't know. Uh, another thick boy. Yeah, another thick boy. Looks like it's going to be. Uh, it says it's a Lexington class battle cruiser. Um, but I mean, it's a cool name. Looks cool. But I mean, it looks like those those big thick ones all the way to the Minnesota and Vermont. That's kind of what it looks like to me. So slower than dirt. <laughs> and, so you know, uh, it's going to be. <laughs> but this one's got a catch to it, though. Did you did you read the fine print? Yeah. Did you read the stats? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm only seeing some of it. Like surveillance radar? Yeah, radar would be nice. I mean, 9.2K torpedoes, which is interesting. Yeah, torpedo tubes on a thick boy. So, yeah. But, I mean, that's, I I guess, if there's anything close to you, then maybe, yeah. But, I mean, they're they're still 100% defensive. You're not going to torp people out of the blue with those. Palo Emilio. Eat a torpedo sandwich right to the face, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess a radar is nice, but only 10K. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah, now, all right, it's if, interesting. If the secondaries were beefed up to match it, that would be actually kind of a cool combo. Oh, then it'd be overpowered and people would be whining about it. 
<laughs> right? And they'd say it's not balanced because it's not Russian. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I had that I had that a match earlier. Somebody was like, "How is how am I being spotted in the?" Uh, um, God, what was he in the Akazuki? And you're not, and I can't spot you in the in the Kiev. And I just responded back to him, Russian. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, and then and we've like, got, okay. uh, and then we've got British destroyer Druid. I've heard a lot of people talking about that. That's going to be a tier ten, uh, short range, short range hydro, uh, short burst smoke generator, specialized repair teams. One and a half percent maximum HP per second. Decent. Uh, the interesting with this one is the guns are all up front, kind of like the Jean Bart and some of the other ships. There's no no rear guns, so kind of nice if you want to bow in. I mean, it's very similar to the gearing in that where you can pop bow in against other destroyers and really pack a punch, but not have to worry so much about getting hit on the side. Interesting to note is it's only firing um, AP shells. Right. Right. So, um, but it does have the, the Royal Navy short fuse shells, which is, it's not bad because you do have the improved um, ricochet angles. So you're going to get more shots in. I'm really interested in this one. Um, I hope this is not going to turn out to be another Austin. My jury's still out on the Austin on that one. I'm still watching some reviews on it, but um, it's so far, and again, work in progress, but so far it's looking very promising. Well, so Wargaming don't. Don't disappoint me. The other thing here is, even though it's got the APs and the low fuse and, and it's, you know, good penetration angles, all of that, it doesn't have torps. So, I mean, are we looking at a British version of the Friesland here? Possibly. I mean, it can't start uh, fires, but, I mean, it can rain down AP, and if it's got improved, you know, ricochets, it's going to eliminate a lot of lot of overpens and, and ricochets. So, I mean... I don't know. It might be really interesting, but it's a destroyer. I, I don't know. I don't know if I like that gimmick. I, I don't like the Friesen for that same reason. I don't know that I'd well, like a Friesen that can only shoot AP. Well, two different missions. I mean, the Friesen, I mean, when you look at the Druid, it's got the short-range smoke generator, a specialized repair heal, so you're, you're going to be healing more. Um, you know, you got your hydro, short range hydro. I I think this one is gonna. I mean, it looks to me like a like a DD hunter um, versus a Friesland, where a Friesland is more of an island camping. I mean, you could DD hunt in a Friesland. You're just it, it, Friesland is, I believe, in my play style, is more effective. You know, sitting back because it, it, that's just my play style on it. But right, yeah, it's like Partridge says, think of it as a Benatar with no with no Citadel. Right. Yeah. I think it's going to be nasty. I'm more interested in the... Uh, well, I mean, I've been keeping my eye on the Druid, but I'm waiting for you to go down the line to uh, to the next ship. Which one? The Napoli? Yeah, the Napoli. Of course, I've always been a big fan of the Italian line as far as game mechanics. Not the real Italian Navy. No offense <laughs> to the Italian sailors out there, but um, but game mechanics. Yeah, we, already, we, already lost, we already lost France, so come on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not lose Italy, too. <laughs> no, I, I really enjoy, to me, the game mechanics of the entire Italian nation tree. Um, down all the tech lines, it's it's I don't know. It's what I get the most enjoyment out of the game is the Italian nation tree. So, so um, uh, backtracking for half a second back to the constellation. Um, keep in mind, its maximum speed is thirty three knots. Right. Oh, so I didn't not, know it's that. It's not going to be like the tech tree. Yeah. Okay, so it's a thick boy, but but you can get up and go. Yeah, if you, you look down at the bottom of the dev blog. Uh, there's a little drop-down box that says ship's characteristics, which gives you all the info. Oh, okay. uh, see, that's helpful. They, they put the little hidden button in there. that, mm -hmm. that um, The spoiler button. Right, the spoiler button. Yeah, max speed, uh, let me see, 33 knots, turning radius 900, eh, with the rudder shift of 15. So, I mean, it's it'll go good in a straight line. Um, so you're a thick boy that can, that can shoot and scoot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it makes it a little bit more interesting now that I know it's not crawling at 17 knots. Yeah, and your torpedoes are only going at 55, but they reload 98, so... Well, that's helpful, but eh, still, torpedoes on a, on a battleship, I don't Floating know. surface mines is what they are. Right. Mm -hmm. 
The nice one, uh, or the the interesting one that I see is there's going to be a Commonwealth battleship, the Yukon Tier Seven. Uh, it says it's an analog of the Monarch as far as the base hull, but the ship differs from the counterpart in having lower visibility, 13.2 versus the 14.6. By the presence of specialized repair teams re, uh, consumable, the lower damage and and armor penetration over HE shells, which that's kind of an interesting thing too, because you know there's the Monarch. A lot of people say is a is a terrible ship. Well, maybe this will be a tweak, uh, tweaked version of it, yeah. But it's going to be a Commonwealth. So for, I mean, like, if you have those Commonwealth captains, right? That's, be, uh, right. Yeah. What? Do you, so I, I don't know. This is pure speculation. Um, hopefully, maybe we'll see a Commonwealth actual tech tree come down, kind of like it'd be like a hybrid tree, hybrid, um, kind of like the uh, the Pan Asian, where you had the different. Um, you know, hybrid ships coming in. I don't know. I, I would guess be excited to probably, see. If they ever did put in a um, Commonwealth line, it would probably be a destroyer line that would look like Haida. Maybe. Yeah, like the smoke. It's kind of like what we talked about the other night with about like if they ever did a Pan American tree, it'd be, you know, what would what would it consist of? Because yeah. it's going to be older. Um, well, not necessarily older, but it's a lot of American and British ships would probably be in that tech tree some some variation of it i would assume i would think so yeah well anyway additionally uh in 10.3 they're they're talking about dockyard and uh, this is where some people are getting excited with the german destroyers uh the zf6 uh, will be constructed uh once again it looks looks very similar to the last couple of dockyards we've seen which to my recollection most of us were pretty okay with the way they did them i mean once the Puerto Rico was out there and that was a, you know, uh, an epic fail, I think they've made changes and everything has been going uh, much, much better since, uh, since they've made the changes. And it looks like they've, you know, you've got a complete 19 of 22 shipbuilding phases. Um, you get a war paint camouflage, commander with 10 skill points, a memorable flag, all these different things. So, I mean, there's, they, they break it down, and it looks very, very similar. I, I don't see anything really that stands out. Um, but it's interesting. Although you've got, uh, they're adding back the old Iron Cross, uh, um, not ammo, uh, camouflage. Camo. Yeah, a lot of people really like that. I was I was bummed when that uh, when that ran out, and I didn't get it for the for the German ships that I had. Um, that's going to be added. Uh, ha Hamburg port is going to come around, but then they're adding additional permanent camouflages for some Soviet cruisers, uh, uh, the Kirov. Uh, which is basically, if anybody had that one for the Talon, it's going to be looking the same. Or the Riga, I think there was the same stuff for those. Um, then they've got mm -hmm. uh, Golden Week and Memory of Heroes. They've got a handful of these different ones. Um, and they're launching two new Japanese commanders, too. The Suzuki Brothers, it looks like, and uh, Cruisers. they got all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, there's there's interesting uh, stuff on the 10.3. Uh, so, any thoughts on any of that? I'm, I'm excited for the new German DDs. Uh, I know we've seen them out live and you know live in the wild. Um, I was in a battle uh, two nights ago. I was in my tier ten Venezia, and I came across a Felix Schultz, which was the tier nine gunboat, and he just happened to catch me broadside in a good ambush play style and the AP on that thing was just wrecking my sides. I had to really scoot and get away with it. And he held up pretty well under the uh, Italian, um, you know, SAP fire. So I am, I've always enjoyed the Z line up to the Z 52. Um, you know, I've, I've mentioned that before in the past. And so hopefully this will breathe a new breath of fresh air into the Creek Marine DD line and, and split the line off. So yeah, totally excited for it. Can't wait to see them. So those one fifties are punching through you, huh? Oh yeah. It was doing some damage to my tier 10, um, Go, I mean, grant it's side shots, but those, right. but the rate of fire and and with the uh, you know the German AP mm -hmm. uh, numbers on it, it was doing some damage. I really had to scoot and get away from them. Yeah, from what I could see on the expanded tech tree, there it's the reloads like seven and a half seconds. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it was going going through Oof. my sides like butter. 
Well, that's certainly interesting. I don't know what the torps look like on them, but it, it seems like they're an all-out gunship, really. Yeah, it's it's a gunship, or designed to be an ambush gunship line. Yeah, the torps are the standard 13700 for damage, range of 7.5. So purely defensive, then? Yeah, for the most part, yeah. Because your detectability on that thing, base detectability without captain skills, the way it's set up right now is like 8.3 kilometers. So you're definitely not going to be sailing at the lead pack very often. <laughs> right. Something to look forward to in, in 10.3. There's there's all kinds of fun things coming ahead. So okay. we should uh, give the viewers what we uh, promised and... We have a new segment. Yep, yep. I was just getting to that. Um, after that, let's let's go right to uh, Mando and uh, let's launch our new deep dive segment. And Mando's got a whole list of stuff to, to talk to us today. Deep dive. Of course, we're all not going to cover it all in one session. So, nope. um, but deep dive. Do we have like a uh, sonar ping sound effect? We can, you know, boom, beep, boom, <laughs> we can I'm just I'm dive. just going to record you saying that, and I'll just have you doing that every week. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, beeping and booping, deep dive. I just, yeah. I don't know. We, so for our listeners out there, we all got together and said, "Hey, we're you know above and you know we're we're passing through the the tech tree." Deep and dive. So, submarines confirmed. Yeah, submarines one, are confirmed. They are. One, I have play tested them. Yes. Just um, one ping, please. Yes. Yeah, yeah. One ping only per Shelley. Right. Uh, so we came up with a new segment called a uh, deep dive, and with deep dive, uh, I'm gonna host a small segment each. Um, each episode, and we are going to, as the title says, deep dive into some of the uh, game mechanics, nation trees, and so our first deep dive in keeping with the current uh, game theme, I, I know they just released the Italian battleship trees, we're going to deep dive into the Italian uh, just the entire, the Italian nation tree just as a whole um, and talk about uh, the SAP ammo, the semi-armor piercing, uh, talk about the nation tree uh, in general. Uh, I mean, we've already gone through the tech tree lines and what some of the lines have, have offered, but just, you know, just some small talking points. And so hopefully I got the clock ticking and hopefully I won't run too long. But again, as mentioned, this will be a multiple part segment. So once we start diving down, you know, deep, beep, boop, beep, boop, I, I don't know, insert sonar <laughs> down here, we'll, we'll be able to carry it over the next couple of episodes. So let's talk uh, Italian nation tree, guys. Let's um, specifically, let's talk, you know, one, one of the, the the points uh, in one of the uniqueness and, and again I'm trying not to use gimmick I'm trying to go to the uniqueness of the nation tree is that is the introduction and the implementation of semi armor piercing ammo um, and and before we get into that let's 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 back up a little bit and talk about the Italian nation tree as a whole um, so we had the cruiser line that was released a while back you know a few patches ago and and we're just now doing the battleship uh, release, but one of you know some of the overall flavor, I guess, of the line is um, you know the exhaust, the the, the exhaust smoke generators. Uh, we know that the uh, Italian cruiser lines are fast and maneuverable. Um, they've got really good AA, uh, and even though it's short ranged, um, but once you do get in that AA bubble, it, it can be pretty um, effective. Um, the battleships have got kind of a pseudo turtleback armor. Um, the armor scheme in some of my uh, notes that I put out there, it, it's kind of countering the, the HE meta of sitting back and spamming because the deck armor is a lot thicker. And so um, a lot of these HE spammers are having a harder time punching through the deck armor as far as penetrating with their HE. Um, they do have secondaries on the battleships, but the secondaries are pretty much... Uh, I mean, they've got range on it, but in that's another segment, you know, um, we'll save that for another episode, but 90 millimeter guns, which is in game terms, only a 15 millimeter pen on the secondary. So, but we'll, we'll dive down into that on another segment. Um, the cons of the line, poor armor, shorter range, especially in your battleships, 18, 19 kilometers, even at the top tier. And let's talk about the dispersion guys. Holy shnikes, a dispersion is horrible on the Italian battleship line. And it, they do that on purpose because 
of that SAP ammo is so effective that you got to kind of in game terms counter it with something. So unfortunately, the battleships took a hit in the dispersion uh, department. And another thing that I want to bring up too is uh, one thing that I just recently noticed because I'm a huge fan of the Italian cruiser line is the hack is not the hack the the lack of the hydroacoustic search. If now the premium ships like the Abruzzi and the Duca d'Aosta are the exceptions to the line because they came out prior to the line being released. But when you look at, and I didn't even really realize until a couple of nights ago, um, there's no hydroacoustic search on the cruisers. So that, that is a con, you know, to, to the line. Um, but let's shoot into and, and dive into the SAP versus high explosive as far as the mechanics. Um, so SAP or semi-armor piercing combines the features of, as we know, of high explosive and armor piercing. So basically in game terms, at the same caliber, you have better penetration capabilities on the high explosive and you deal armor piercing damage. Um, one of the advantages is that SAP has excellent ricochet angles. And to put that into game terms, you have... Using the four, War Games has the fourteen point three caliber rule, which I don't do math in public because it's embarrassing. But what does that mean to to the to the normal average Joe players like myself? SAP will let me back up and say AP armor piercing ammo. You have an automatic ricochet at thirty degrees. It's built into the game mechanics based on on caliber. SAP ammo, some armor piercing. You have an automatic ricochet of only ten degrees. So you're going to be doing a lot more penetration with the SAP versus the armor piercing. And the SAP has a really weird mechanic that basically once the shell penetrates, or, or let me just say this, the shell can't overpen. So you're always going to get full penetration damage. You cannot overpen with SAP. So that's, that's another... destroyers. Correct, except on, on, on destroyers. So that's a good mechanic. Um, but Wargaming has, and the way to kind of explain it is there is a damage cube once a shell hits. Uh, and so like a high explosive will hit and then there's like a, a cube, you know, digital cube behind it. And that's basically where, where the engine factors in the damage, the module, destruction, fire chance, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, versus the armor piercing where it kind of goes straight through the, the SAP will, will kind of enact that damage cube. Um, SAP has an armor piercing rating. Uh, for example, I use the tier 10, the Venezia fires has two or three millimeter shells. Um, and w what is the art? It's like 110 um, millimeters of pen. So in game terms, again, I, I don't do math in public. Uh, so in game terms, and they set this up, Wargames set this up. They did a great demo on this in the training room. And so the Venezia fires a 230, excuse me, 203 millimeter shell. And they set up the tier 10 to fire at a tier four ship with a 24 millimeter bulkhead and a 24 millimeter citadel. And so the disadvantage of the SAP is even though this... 54 millimeters of pen coming out of the tier 10 hits the bulk of the 24 millimeter bulkhead of the tier four ship. The SAP is going to automatically arm and detonate, meaning that this is why you can shoot a tier four ship. You know, a tier 10 can shoot a tier four and do no damage to it because the SAP will hit that bulkhead and will arm and detonate. And then there's the Citadel belt armor that's behind it. And so there's basically a space in between. And that's what you call space armor in the game. And so that's where all the damage will basically soak up in between that space armor. So there, there are disadvantages to SAP. Um, the thing you got to remember in game terms is, is where to aim. It's all about the aim points. Um, and that's kind of SAP in a nutshell. So your guys' experience on that, have you been um, finding difficulty? Because I know that there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> Snow Dog, this suspense is terrible. I know there's there's a lot of speculation going on as far as, like, you know, the Italian battleships suck because the SAP sucks or whatever. And I think it's just a lack of education on how the mechanics of SAP actually work. So... What's your guys' thoughts on the SAP ammo, like in the battleships? I mean, what I've done with on it, I mean, I haven't done a lot with the with the battleships, <coughs> excuse me, themselves. 
Um, but if I'm firing AP or SAP, especially at another battleship, it's I'm generally always, pretty much always going superstructure. I mean, it just, anything else, it just does absolutely, you know, almost nothing. Um, and then most of the time, if I'm going to been playing with Ben, when I have played with those, I don't go looking for battleships to go after. I go after cruisers and destroyers. That's my main focus, focal point when I'm playing it. Um, just because when I've played the destroyers, I've been on the other side of that, that yeah, I get hunted down as soon as I get spotted. I've got SAP coming in from everywhere from God knows where, um, and just eat through it, eat through me in a destroyer or a light cruiser in no time. So that's what I usually almost always use SAP for is I'm going to be shooting, you know, the soft, soft parts of the ship as much as I can. A lot of the frustration in game comes from when I talk to other players is, hey, I hit this guy broadside with my SAP um, and I'll take the Marco Polo, for example, it's 406 millimeter. They got 16 inch guns and they're like, man, I blasted this dude broadside with with 16 inch guns and I got either, you know, no pens or no damage or anything. And that's why I was trying to explain to them. You, you got to should have been shooting armor piercing. Yeah, should have been shooting armor piercing was your first mistake. Um, but it's it's exactly that's what it is, KJ. It's it's down to the aim points. And you know, I know it's a lot for people to go through and memorize like where the weak spots on the ships are. But if you, I've broke it down to a simple formula, if if you're using SAP, if if you aim for basically the upper belt, which is not the waterline, but the upper half of the side of the ship, the upper belt the deck, the superstructure, the bow and the stern, you, you can't go wrong with SAP and, and, and you're going to you're gonna punch through and you're going to do a lot of damage. Uh, if you got something that's broadside like Sock brought up, switch to the AP, man. Switch out. To, I mean, the Italian battleship line still has great AP with good penetration and good velo velocity. But um, So most of the complaints I get from players is just because they just sit there and spam SAP the whole match. And, and you still got to be kind of situational on that. Yeah, that's why I was saying. That's why I look for the softer targets first. You know, try to take out the cruisers and destroyers and then all you've got left are battleships. And yeah, then you can switch over to the AP and you're not going to, you're, you're not going to wreck shop necessarily, but you're going to do your own. <laughs> So I ran into a situation again. So I'm in my Venencia tier 10. I'm firing 203 millimeter shells and I get this uh, Manitar pops out full broadside and I unleash like all 15 rifles into the side of this Manitar. And I think I got one penetration and, and everything else was zero damage. And I, it was a big WTF moment for me. Like what mm -hmm. the heck this game is broken. And that's because if you go back and look at the armor scheme, the, the Minotaur has got that space, you know, the, between the torpedo protection and, and the bulkhead and, and all that. So what's happening is the SAP is hitting that outside, right. you know, belt or shell or torpedo protection and immediately detonating in the space in between that and the belt armor. So, um, again, situational guys, you, you got to really, um, in, in going back to the captain skills, it really helps to have, especially with uh, the Italian nation trees, you got to have that skill. It's a little one point skill where you can fast swap out your ammo a lot quicker. Um, I think that you'll find that your gameplay, you'll be a lot more effective in your gameplay by being able to A, pick out the weak points on the ships like we talked about where your SAP is going to be most effective and B, know when to switch it out for the AP because SAP is is not the end-all catch-all for everything. I mean, you're going to use it majority of the time, but um, you, you still got to be situational with it. So right. with that, I can go on and on and on all night, guys. Um, we will cut that segment short there and explore more on the Italian nation tree on our next episode, we'll, we'll, we'll continue to deep dive down uh, into the Italian nation tree. Right on. Well, with that, uh, I think that was a success, and I think we'll uh, we'll continue breaking that down. There's an awful lot to talk about on that uh, that tree. Uh, but for that, uh, let's let's jump to our parting shots, and uh, KJ, we'll start with you this week. Oh, all right. Um... Yeah, I don't have a whole lot right now. I hope everybody stays safe and uh, we make it through another week or whenever we can get back together again. I know we've got uh, Easter coming up this next weekend, so I don't know what our plans are going to be for that. But uh, if we don't see or talk to you guys between now and then, I hope you guys do have a have a good Easter the, for those who celebrate that. Um, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot. Of, uh, just uh, no, don't really have a whole lot. 
because I don't want to start griping about my feelings for CVs. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, sock. Had a, had, a, had a match earlier today that uh, in a Kiev, I took down twenty four planes. I'll tell you if that tells you how much I was being harassed by a by a CV one day. Yeah, absolutely. So, yep. <laughs> Um, all I really got to say is contest winners. I know um, the prizes, we haven't gotten them to you yet. Um, we're going to get that sorted out tonight. Hopefully in the next couple of days, everybody will have it. I was hoping Nimitz would be here because he's somebody who's supposed to be sending prizes out and I need to start getting on everybody to actually do it. Yeah, I'm still waiting for my list, whatever we have it. Yeah, I, I have the list. I just have to send them to you guys. Okay. Yeah. We're going to do know that right get. after we finish recording. Sounds good. All right, Mando. Yeah, I got my names of the week. Um, and I appreciate I know a lot of our clan members have been throwing in the uh, the names. Hey, Mando, put this on the list and that on the list. So I do com com compile a list. And so the top three names of the week. And as always, um, in, in fact, I gave out, I did give out two weekend passes because I ran into uh, – uh, Bill Bill Bro Shaggins, I call it. <laughs> yeah, yep. um, he was in game, and so I, I launched him over a weekend pass, and so it is legit. If I do call your name out, I will contact you in game and uh, send you on a weekend pass. Um, you know, a couple of days premium time and some free dubs. So anyway, my names of the week are in third place: Soldier of Misfortune. <laughs> in in second place, uh, Thick Lolly Thighs. Thick Lolly Thighs. <laughs> And uh, in first place is going to be the worst captain ever. Worst captain ever. I I put it up in the uh, in the uh, the chat there. Um, so if you know these players, have them contact me in game. Mando B Hunter uh, or get a hold of us at uh, fullbroadside at uh, gmail .com and let us know, and I'll hook you up with a uh, weekend pass. And lastly, uh, had great fun doing Leprechaun. It was a fun experience. Uh, if you guys get a chance, keep keep your eye on the the news, uh, the news reels or the news releases. Sign up, volunteer for those. You can you can get in uh, with a good group of players, and we had a lot of fun with that. So that is my parting shots. You know, an honorable mention to the uh, to the names of the week. I forget uh, who was with me uh, the other night. We were we were in one, and I, I I saw one that just made me laugh, like some of these do. And instead of you know the, the how we have Kraken unleashed, this was Karen unleashed. And uh, yeah, I was with you on that. Yeah, one. I, yeah, I was gonna say, and, and and if I hadn't learned what a Karen was until just recently, <laughs> that wouldn't have made me laugh no. as much as it did. But yeah, I had no idea what the heck that was, and I had to ask a few people that I knew, and I said, "What is that?" And they told me, and I was like, "Oh, well." And then I see a Karen unleashed in the game. I'm like, "That's funny. I like that." <laughs> so. But uh, thanks everybody in the in the chat room uh, tonight. We had Butters, Snow Dog, we had Scarecrows for a little while, but uh, he he has since left. Uh, so thanks for joining us there. Uh, one other note I wanted to mention here on the show: we have a new subscriber to our show, pays for it every month, which is nice to see. So TB is all he goes by, first and last initial, I would assume TB. So TB, thank you, and thank you to our other subscribers. We appreciate you. Definitely the boat. It could be the boat. I don't know. Hard, hard to say. I, I actually know this person, and they strictly wish to remain anonymous. They enjoy the show, and uh, they relayed to me, uh, keep up the good work. Well, oh, awesome. On that same line, I think I put this in the chat room a few days ago. I actually had a random person in game uh, say in chat that they knew about it and, and liked yeah. it. Oh, cool! Yeah, but yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I don't. I, I wish fun. I could remember who the person's name was. Actually, I. Uh, uh, it, it's back up there somewhere. somewhere. I remember. I remember seeing it up there it's somewhere. Probably buried by now. Yeah. Well, either way, it's nice to to run across guys that oh, here uh, it is. listen it to was, the show. Um, uh, Appy Sultans. <laughs> well, I, thank I'm you. Appy. I'm pronouncing it right. Yeah, so thanks for listening, and, and we appreciate everybody. Any feedback you guys all got, it, it, it's great to hear from you, either either on the uh, a direct uh, message through Discord or uh, hit us with the email. Uh, all of that's available in the show notes. Otherwise, just say, hey, uh, you guys from the from this podcast, uh, appreciate the show. It's been great. Like, listening to it. 
So anyway, with that, we're going to call it done, and uh, we will look for you possibly next week if we don't all have Easter issues. Uh, if not, if not, well, well, we'll do what we can either way. It's been great again. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Stay safe and enjoy the game. Take care. Music used in this podcast was provided by Joseph McDade. Find him at josephmcdade.com.